Setting the Scene Understanding the PhD Mental Health Crisis Trigger warnings, suicidal ideation, suicide, self-harm, anxiety, depression, discrimination. Back when I started my PhD in late 2013, I did not see much discussion around PhD mental health. Thankfully, this is changing. A recent systematic review and meta-analysis of PhD student depression, anxiety and suicidal ideation found that across the time period of 1979 to 2019, a total of 32 articles had been published talking about the so-called PhD mental health crisis. 69% of which were published after 2015. This suggests that more conversations are happening as well as more funding being provided to support research into how to improve conditions for PhD students. I want to acknowledge that despite PhD mental health only recently coming to the fore, decades of work focusing on mental health awareness and mad resistance, research on undergraduate mental health, as well as a broader awareness of well-being at work, have all paved the way to this increased and much needed focus on PhD mental health. In this chapter, I aim to explore these findings and explore PhD mental health concerns, looking at the potential causes for the high incidence of mood disorders in the PhD populace. By providing you with facts and figures, my aim is to highlight how there is an unequivocal crisis happening, often silently in the background, kept out of view. In my opinion, this is a systemic problem, not an individual one. Thus, there is an institutional responsibility to fix it. Exploring the data. Looking back at the statistic that one in two PhD students experience mental health concerns from chapter one, the 2014 report by UC Berkeley, one of the most cited to date, found that 46% of graduate students in the biosciences were struggling with depression. This work was expanded upon by Evans et al, 2018, exploring the experiences of students from not only the biosciences and other STEM subjects, but also humanities, finding that graduate students are more than six times as likely to experience depression and anxiety when compared to the general population, 39% compared to 6%, respectively for moderate to severe depression. Work by Levesque et al, 2017, compared the prevalence of common mental health problems of PhD students in Belgium to a highly educated control group. They found that PhD students scored more highly for all 12 risk factors that increase the likelihood of mental health disorders, including feeling under constant strain, losing sleep over worry, losing confidence in self, struggling to make decisions and feeling worthless. Further, feelings of isolation, high work demands, work-life conflict, poor support and exclusion from decision-making have all been attributed to why PhD students may experience higher incidences of mental ill health. PhD students also experience increased levels of stress and anxiety compared to the general population. A 2015 University of Arizona report found that over half of PhD students reported more than average stress or tremendous stress during their PhD programmes. In the 2019 Postgraduate Research Experience Survey, PRES, spearheaded by Advance HE, only 14% of postgraduate researchers, largely PhD students, reported low levels of anxiety compared to the 41% of the general population in the UK. Students also reported significantly reduced life satisfaction and happiness than the general population. 
the latest biannual Nature Survey 2019 for PhD students in STEM subjects also showed that PhD mental health is worsening, with 29% of respondents reporting mental health as a concern in 2017, compared to 36 having sought help for anxiety and or depression in 2019. Although, whether this is a true rise in cases or that reporting and discussing mental health concerns is becoming less taboo is unclear. Mental health concerns have also worsened with the onset of the COVID-19 pandemic, with four in five researchers showing some signs of mental health distress as they navigate the pandemic. If we think back to the mental health continuum model from the previous chapter, this makes sense. Because with the global pandemic raging on in the background of doing a PhD, this fills up the pressure vial more, giving less space before reaching crisis point. Sadly, suicides within the PhD population are not uncommon, though there is little formal data on prevalence. I suspect the lack of data is largely to do with stigma around suicide, as well as respecting family wishes for cause of death to not be released. A study by Garcia Williams et al. 2014 found that of a cohort of graduate students, 7.3% reported feelings of suicidal ideation, 2.3% reported plans for suicide, and 1.7% said that they had hurt themselves physically within the last two weeks. Whilst reports of suicidal ideation in the general population varies, an extensive review by Havital 2009 suggests that it is approximately 3%. Feelings of suicidality are therefore likely higher than average for PhD students. Another aspect that rarely gets mentioned is the dropout rate of PhD students. This varies heavily by country, as the actual requirements for gaining a PhD also vary significantly. Discussed later on in the book, leaving a PhD programme is not necessarily a bad thing, particularly when it comes to your mental health, as your well-being should always come first. One of the biggest differences between PhDs in the United Kingdom, UK, compared to the United States, US, is that in the UK, PhD study has a maximum full-time study length, four years, which can very rarely be extended beyond. In the US, PhD study can be extended out much further, this difference is likely reflected in the dropout rates observed for each country. In the UK, little peer-reviewed data exists on programme dropout rates. DiscoverPhDs.com found approximately 16.2% of PhD students from 14 top universities left their programme before their viva. So approximately one in five students never complete their PhD. In the US, Attrition rates range from 36 to 51%, dependent on the field of study. The fact that these dropout rates vary institution to institution also indicates that something else is at play, not just the incidence of mental illness in the PhD population. If there is one positive that we can take away from this, though, it is that if one in two PhD students are experiencing mood disorders, many do go on and complete their PhD. Having mental illness does not define their success. What is the cause? So what gives rise to such an extreme increase in mental health concerns among PhD students? Explanations include PhD populations being potentially predisposed to mental health concerns, where individuals with higher educational attainment are more likely to introspect and self-reflect, so experience mental health concerns, 
intelligent individuals are also reportedly less likely to seek help, which is likely linked to fear of repercussions and stigma. For example, Gibbons and Chia, 2002, note medical students reported fear of documentation of their mental illness on their academic record, as well as a lack of confidentiality. Many PhD students are inadequately prepared and supported, through no fault of their own, when entering their PhD programme, resulting in feelings of inadequacy and failure. In my experience, if we're not prepared by our university, and there is no forum to talk about mental health challenges, it is much harder to adapt to our newfound situation. This is in part what has inspired me to write this book, to capture the PhD experience and discuss what I wish I had known before I started. There also may be a range of on-campus support for PhD students, but that does not necessarily mean people know where to seek help. In the 2019 report by Nature, 36% of individuals reported having sought help for anxiety or depression caused by PhD study. But of these, only 26% said they got real assistance at their institution, and 10% could not find any help available. This highlights that in some instances, support may not be fit for purpose, for example, long waiting lists for help, or even in place to support PhD students in the first place. Research culture. More recently, there has been a focus on another area, I would argue the most significant, that impacts mental health. Research culture. I believe the majority of additional strain lies here, ultimately impacting PhD mental health. The way that we measure success in academia and the way that we are often forced to forego work-life balance to get ahead is often not conducive to maintaining good mental health. Several common themes affect the PhD student experience. The supervisor-PhD student relationship. A PhD supervisor can make or break the PhD process. Thankfully, 67% of PhD students say that they are satisfied with their PhD supervisor relationship. But when asked if they could repeat their PhD, 24% of respondents stated that they would choose a different PhD supervisor. Possible explanations for this include witnessing or experiencing bullying and harassment by supervisors, lack of support, not enough contact time, and not receiving positive feedback can all add strain. More on this in chapter 9. Not receiving assistance from the very person that is supposed to guide you can have detrimental effects on well-being. The culture of overwork. In the Nature 2019 PhD student survey, 76% of respondents reported to be working over 41 plus hours per week and approximately 5% reported working over 80 hours per week. This is much higher than the EU Directive 2003-88-EC recommendations of a maximum average working week for both physical and mental health reasons. In the Cactus 2020 report, Joy and Stress Triggers, a global survey on mental health among researchers, 31% of respondents had no effective work-life balance policies in their organisation, and 43% did not have sufficient time for recreation and other activities systemic discrimination, harassment and microaggressions. Historically, a range of individuals, including people of colour, POC, disabled people, women and the LGBT plus community have been excluded by academia. Bullying and harassment are rife within the academy, with 43% of researchers experiencing bullying and harassment, 
while 61% witnessed it, with women more likely, 49%, to experience harassment than men, 34%. This number increased when considering disabled respondents, with 62% experiencing bullying and harassment. Further, 60% of mixed-race researchers and 45% of researchers identifying as homosexual reported having experienced discrimination, harassment or bullying at work. The hyper-competitive research culture. The research environment in academia is highly competitive, with 78% of researchers from the Welcome 2020 survey suggesting that their working environment was so hyper-competitive it created unkind and aggressive working conditions. This can be particularly problematic during the PhD process because feeling pitted against your peers rather than being able to reach out to them for support means that you miss out on vital help from colleagues. In a cutthroat environment, there is often a lot of fear around showing any form of weakness for risk of losing opportunities. Financial concerns. Approximately 39% of PhD students are concerned or very concerned about debt and financial pressures, and there have been numerous studies that link debt worries with poor mental health. Some PhD students may find that they are living close to a living wage, if not living on less than a living wage due to increase in inflation, but no increase in PhD funding from funding bodies in recent years, or the precarious position of self-funding a PhD. Having to pay up front for conferences out of pocket can add further strain. International students may be particularly impacted by financial concerns, with visa stipulations affecting the possibility of taking on an extra job for financial support or restricting the number of employment hours per week. Culture of acceptance. Perhaps one of the most difficult aspects of the research culture to navigate is the culture of acceptance around struggling during a PhD. There is inherent survivor bias within academia. Some that have made it to professorial positions, in my experience, tend to overlook the challenges that some individuals may face in academia because they made it, so why can't everyone else? The impact of systemic issues on mental health as a PhD student is explored in part three of this book. These are often challenging situations that, as a PhD student, you may not be in direct control of. However, being aware of the issues you may face and the help that is available is a good place to start. The ups and downs of the PhD journey. Every PhD experience is unique and a PhD is hard work. If it wasn't, what you're studying would already be done. In a similar sense, everyone's mental health journey throughout their PhD is also unique, but there are also striking similarities. To demonstrate this, I asked five individuals from a range of different disciplines to discuss their PhD journeys with me. The first person did not struggle notably during their PhD with their mental health, and yet still experienced ups and downs throughout their PhD. This is because there are natural highs and lows throughout life. There will naturally be periods where your research is more difficult. Because of these natural highs and lows, it can be difficult to pinpoint whether what you're feeling is just part of the PhD process or it's actually part of an underlying problem. As discussed in the previous chapter, feeling low for as little as a few weeks or experiencing suicidal ideation even once is enough to go and speak to a medical professional, if available, about how you're feeling. The other individuals went through periods of mental illness during their PhD. 
There are commonalities in these accounts, including feeling uncertain, experiencing periods of uncertainty at the start and end of the PhD process, not knowing what to expect from the PhD process and what to expect from the world of work post-PhD, respectively, is not uncommon. The fear of not knowing can impact mental health heavily. Feeling like a fraud. Starting out on a PhD can feel like an incredible privilege, and it is. It could also make us feel like we don't deserve our position, that our PhD supervisor has made a mistake, and that we are simply not good enough. This is imposter syndrome, or the imposter phenomenon. Feeling out of your depth at the start of your PhD is part of the learning process. For me, it was really feeling like a fraud, struggling from the imposter phenomenon that really fueled my struggles during my PhD. I used errors made in the lab as proof, in my own head, that I did not deserve to be doing a PhD. Pressure to publish. With academia placing value largely on publications and other metrics, this can add intense pressure on PhD students to focus on output. And to a certain extent, papers are currency within academia. This can result in overworking to get ahead, ultimately leading to burnout and mental ill health. In the recent CACTUS survey on research and mental health, 65% of respondents said they were under tremendous pressure to publish papers, secure grants and complete projects. Experiencing isolation. During the PhD process, we often find ourselves working in isolation for extended periods of time. Whether that is going to visit archives during fieldwork, working from home or writing up our thesis. Social isolation can lead to increased levels of anxiety, disrupt focus and impact sleep schedules. Culture shock. Moving to a new town or country can lead to experiencing feelings of isolation as well as feeling out of your depth. Moving away from your existing support network can impact mental health. Adjusting to a new way of life can take significant time. This can be particularly challenging for international students. Feeling overwhelmed. Embarking on a PhD can feel overwhelming. Throughout the process, whether it's not knowing where to start, struggling to get research outputs, or writing your thesis. Writing a thesis is effectively writing a book. This is a tough process. Trust me, I know. Bringing together the last few years of research and transforming it into a succinct account of what you have discovered can be a daunting task. The pressure can lead to feelings of walking away from a PhD even at such a late stage, and some people do, to protect their mental health. You may experience indifference or even anger at this stage. Managing life around a PhD. Sometimes dedication to a PhD can be, very incorrectly, seen as at the expense of everything else and be reinforced by academia and the inherent overwork culture. But as researchers, we are not robots. We have lives outside of our PhD programmes. It can be difficult at times to juggle caring responsibilities, including looking after ourselves. Further, life events like loss of a family member, having children, fertility problems, health problems and moving house can all add additional strain. This can impact mental health, particularly when there is the background pressure of making sure that enough research is generated within a certain time period to get a PhD. Studying a topic that you care deeply about. In some cases, what motivated you to go into a particular research area may be linked to your own personal experiences. For example, 
understanding eating disorders, or documenting the experience of survivors of violence. Thus, sometimes, researching topics that we care passionately about can impact us heavily, and sometimes unexpectedly. If you find there is little professional support available at your institution, this can make studying these topics difficult. There is hope. Now, despite all the statistics presented in this chapter, it doesn't necessarily mean all PhD students do not enjoy the work that they do. In the 2019 Advanced HE Postgraduate Research Experience Survey, over 80% of students were positive about their research experience. Further, in the Nature 2019 survey, 38% of students said that they were very satisfied with their decision to embark on a PhD, and 75% said they were at least somewhat satisfied. It can be inferred that many students who have mental illnesses still enjoy their research. It's also important to realise that just because these statistics exist doesn't mean struggling with your mental health is going to happen to you. Your situation, the support you have available, and your ability to be resilient and survive, even when there is little scope to do so, is unique. It also certainly does not mean that those of us that have mental illness are being set up to fail. Instead, it means that we may need to be aware of the support that is available to us to help us navigate the process. Throughout the remainder of the book, I will challenge you and your mindset in places to help bolster your resilience and prepare you for your PhD journey. What I cannot do is change all the systemic issues throughout academia that exist. I can, however, highlight them, like a lighthouse shining bright in the storm, so you know what dangers lie ahead and what to avoid. In some cases, avoidance will not be possible. In these instances, I will provide you with tips and tricks to best navigate the challenges ahead.